This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs. Listen live or support by visiting WCWP.org. It's 9 a.m. Friday morning. This is Mark Snyder, and it's time for Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. What is Chamber Chatter? Well, it's a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. We have a very big show for you today. My business leaders with me are Rich Bransalfort. He's the president of the Greater Roslyn Chamber of Commerce, and Lori Malley, president of the East Northport Chamber of Commerce. Also this morning on Chamber Chatter, what is there to do in these communities? Hmm, we're going to find out on our Day Tripper segment Then there's Genie in a Bottle, and that's where we'll learn about the three wishes Richard and Lori have for their chambers. And later in the program, I'll turn the microphone over to our business leaders to let them talk among themselves. We call that segment Ask a Leader. So, Rich, let me start with you. Uh, When we spoke earlier, you had mentioned that this is your second tour of duty as Roslyn Chamber president. Uh, Tell me about your history with the chamber and how you wound up back in the hot seat. I was president back in the mid-90s. We brought in the first uh, crafts fair. We also had the first antiques fair, the first taste of Roslyn. Um, And I rejoined the chamber about four or five years ago. I live in Roslyn for the past 43 years. Love the place. It's a great place to live and to grow and to bring up kids. And uh, I got on the board of directors, uh, I guess, about three years ago. In November, our president resigned, and uh, we tossed the coin, and I lost so I became president of the Chamber of Commerce. Nobody else wanted it. And it's uh, been a lot of fun. It's uh, an organization that's growing. We've added 25 to 30 new members in the last three months. And we are super active. We've got about 12 to 15 programs coming up, including a trip to see the Mets play next Tuesday. We're going to talk about the plans for the uh, rest of the year with the Chamber a little later in the show. But tell me the difference. We're talking about a 30-year swing here for when you were president in the 90s. And now you're president in the 2020s. What's the biggest and most noticeable difference for you? Well, I think, first of all, being the greater Roslyn Chamber of Commerce, we take in Albertson and East Hills and Roslyn Heights and uh, Greenvale as well. And I think the people who own the businesses have become more businesslike. Uh, They're doing it more full-time. Back in the 90s, we had a lot of part-time business owners. They hired people to run the store. They were clerks, and they weren't really hands-on. I would say the biggest thing, obviously, is the uh, onslaught of the Internet taking business away from all the local mom-and-pop stores. And the idea is that we all have to be much more creative in how we market ourselves and what we what mix of stores we have in an area. Okay. Lori, uh, last month we had on Janet Hayful. She was the, is the president of the Northport Chamber. And to be honest, I always thought that Northport and East Northport were one community, one chamber, much in the way that um, Belmore and North Belmore, one community, one chamber, Massapequa, Massapequa Park, one chamber, one community. But once I learned that East Northport was a separate community, I said, I need to have them on my program too. So I'm happy to have you on representing East Northport. Um, tell my audience a little bit about your community and also um, how you differ from Northport. 
Thank you very much for having me today. Um, Northport and East Northport do work together very closely. Um, we are just south of Northport in that area. So Northport lies in the beautiful um, Northport Harbor where there's just, you know, beautiful sailboats and, and sightseeing and all of that. Um, we're down more by the business district where you have a little bit more of like shopping and local restaurants and stuff. Um that just a little bit differs from there. And and the funny part is, is it does take a good 10 to 15 minutes to get to either side due to traffic. So that also makes it kind of an interesting aspect between the two. Okay. Um, Richard, let's get back to your chamber. You mentioned a number of communities that the Greater Rosalind Chamber represents. Now, last month we had Ed Lieberman on from the Gold Coast Business Association and he claims his association represents many of those communities as well. Does this represent a conflict for you two chambers? Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, we don't consider Greenvale part of uh, the Gold Coast area, really. But uh, they do. Well, then we're going to be able to work together on projects with uh, the same members attending both. The fact that um, there is no Greenville Chamber of Commerce anymore. That went out of business, as did the Albertson Chamber of Commerce. And we go one-on-one -on -one with a lot of the different businesses in an attempt to get them to join the chamber. And they all told us the same thing. There really is nothing out there uh, that they're involved. Now, having two organizations close to each other, I think, can really be helpful because we can work together on joint programs. Um, the idea is to network. We've always networked very closely with the Mineola Chambers, the Pat, uh, Port Washington Chambers, Great Neck. So I would be delighted, certainly, to work with Gold Coast. I've uh, heard good things about them. Uh, one of my members actually uh, recommended me to look into them. So I wasn't really familiar with the organization until I was told about it. And, um, I would think, you know, Glen Cove would be the one that's more in uh, duplication of what they're doing. There's some of that as well. That's true. Um, I just wonder if it might be a little confusing to businesses if you have basically two business groups coming at them um, looking to accomplish the same thing. Well, remember, all of our organizations are in the town of North Hempstead. So anybody who's a member of the Greater Roslyn Chamber of Commerce is active. Uh, Jen Decina, the town supervisor, has attended all of our ribbon cuttings in the last couple of weeks. She comes to our general meeting. So I think that's an important thing. Governmental agencies, people that we work with are all town of North Hempstead. And it makes it a little more cohesive to work when it's not crossing over different borders. Lori, let's get back to your involvement with the East Northport Chamber of Commerce. Tell me about your rise to the presidency. How did you get involved in all this and end up in the hot seat, as I like to call it? Sure. Um, so I actually, at the time, had worked for Bethpage Federal Credit Union, and we were opening a brand new branch on Larkfield Road in East Northport, and this was back at the end of 2014. Um, so since that was basically being built from scratch, we had to really get involved in the community. So I was lucky enough to meet the executive director, Lori Ann Penio, and started to work with her closely with the board, became a board member. And then as time went on, I was lucky enough to be, become the president. Um, I did become right before COVID happened. So I was basically, you know, sworn in and then COVID came in. So then after that, we did a lot of things virtually and tried to make that work. And this has now been more of when I get to really get out there and do a lot more president things with the community. Wow. I have to tell you, you know, we've been broadcasting most of the time. We shut down for a few months during the start of the pandemic. But thanks to our director, Dan Cox, he kept the radio station on the air, kept the program going. Um, that is a challenging time for you to step in and take over as president. 
Um, I hope we're through it. It looks rosy. Me too. Um, so I can only imagine um, what, like, what do you, it's such a blur when I think back on that period of time. It must be really kind of hard for you to remember what was going on. Absolutely. I mean, we just did our best to do things virtually, but it also gave us opportunities to work with some of the other chambers and kind of share ideas on what was working and what wasn't working, um, which kind of gave us an opportunity to start to work together. So like the Huntington Chamber of Commerce, we've been working more closely with that we're going to do events within the future, um, as well as like I mentioned earlier, we work with Northport. So it's just kind of gave us time to come together. Right. So you're getting into your third year now, right? Yes. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Rich, you said you're just like six months in? Six months in on this term. Although second term. Second term. And unfortunately, it seems like in the past, the history has been president for life until somebody else says, oh, I'll take over. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Laura, you were eager to take over. I was. I was. Just because I had been involved, I was the vice president before that. But And I think it's funny. Ours is a little bit the opposite. I feel like people do want the opportunity to become the president, and they do enjoy doing those types of things. So that's kind of a little different. Part of the issue that uh, I have seen is when you have a chamber president, who has been at, at the helm for a long period of time, people are afraid to step up and take over because they don't think they can ever fill those shoes. Oh, God, he was president for eight years or she was president for 10 years. I can't. I don't have those kind of contacts. I don't have those relationships. I can't do what she does. I can't do what he does. Um, so, you know, if you're in that kind of situation, but if you can, you know, churn every two years and bring in new blood, I think that's a probably a better system. But anyway... I digress. Rich, I want to talk to you for a second. As I mentioned earlier, um, the Gold Coast Business Association uh, was on last month, and um, Ed, Lieber Ed Lieberman, who was the president, told us how you can spend a day in some of the very same communities that you represent. Uh, so I'm interested to hear from your perspective um, how my family of five can spend a day in the greater Roslyn community. This is our segment called Day Tripper, so take me on a day trip. Well, fortunately, there's so much going on in the greater Roslyn area that you could actually spend a week there. Um, one of the things that we're very proud of is that we have several world-class museums. For instance, the Nassau County uh, Museum of Art is within our area. It's got an incredibly great collection. Uh, we have Clark Gardens, which is just on the outskirts of the area. Um, beautiful, beautiful gardens uh, available and free to anybody who would like to come in. We've got, oh, Falaise, and we've got places that you can travel to within five to ten minutes, or you can stay right in Roslyn. You can look at the historic 1897 Roslyn Clock Tower. Uh, you can see the remains of the Mackey Estate at one time. Almost all of Roslyn was part of uh, Clarence Mackey's estate. It ran from the Long Island Expressway to Northern Boulevard, from Glen Cove Road to Main Street, and that's where Roslyn High School is today. That's where the Village of East Hills was built. The Duke and Duchess of Windsor stayed as guests of Clarence Mackey. I think it was around 1915, 1916. Uh, we have Bryant uh, Library, which is really a, used to be called the, the uh, Roslyn War Memorial. It's one of those gorgeous old buildings that has all kinds of interesting collections inside. Uh, what everyone calls the Roslyn Duck Pond is Gary Pond Park. Uh, it's got a historic grist mill in there. And, of course, we have the famous grist mill, which is being restored by the Roslyn Landmark Society. And it's one of the original uh, grist mills dating back to colonial times. So there's just so many restaurants and so many sites to see. It would be hard to really spend only a day there. And that's why I think people are staying at the many hotels that have uh, started to be built in our area. 
Tell me about the uh, the grist mill. That was a project that had been on the table for a long, long time. Is it actually is the restoration actually happening now? The restoration is moving full tilt. Um, many grants have been received. Uh, the Lamarck Society has put up a lot of money to get it restored. Uh, it has an interesting history. It goes way back. It was a grist mill, and it used to uh, grind the, I guess, corn and the wheat for all the residents of the area. And then for many, many years, I think from like the 1940s to early 1970s, it was a tea house. And uh, people used to go there and have tea. It's right on the uh, entry to um, Roslyn Harbor. And actually, if you went by it now, it looks like a, an abandoned building on stilts. The inside's been completely gutted. It's being rebuilt. The original timbers that were being used from that time period are being replaced. Uh, and when it gets done, it's going to become one of the major attractions for the entire area. We're hoping that it'll turn into a, a tourism center. I was going to ask, so what are you going to do with it? Is it going to be, um, can people actually go in it and, and tour it or is it just something to view from the outside from once North once it's restored you'll be able to go into it i mean it's up to the Roslyn landmark society um the i believe it was the town of north Hempstead or the county uh, gave it to them and it's under their guidance that it's been so beautifully uh prepared it's a lot of prep work which you don't realize but when you're dealing with a historic building that goes back hundreds of years everything from the timbers to the tiles to the uh doorknobs have to be a certain authenticity but I don't think that they've actually uh, determined what it's going to be when it's finalized. But uh, it'll be something that'll be a great addition to the village. Has the restoration impacted traffic on Old Northern Boulevard? No. Everything is actually done from the sea. Uh, when you see them working down there, they're working in their boots and they're out in the water. And they've got crews that are just amazing coming in there and doing it. It's, it's been lifted up on literally on stilts and, I guess, uh, hydraulic lifts. All right. Thanks for the day trip around the greater Roslyn community. All right, we'll take a short break, and then we're back with Genie in a Bottle, which is where we find out what three wishes our leaders have for their organizations. And Lori Malley will tell us how to spend a day in East Northport. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 and WCWP.org. Stay with us. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Once again, Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount app with over 2,500 discounts island-wide. You can download the MapTunes app. That's M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S. Or you can simply visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My business leaders with me today, Rich Brands of Ford, President of the Greater Roslyn Chamber of Commerce, and Lori Malley. She is the president of the East Northport Chamber. Okay, let's play Genie in a Bottle. And this is where our listening audience learns about the three wishes our presidents have for their chambers. So, Lori, I'm going to paint a picture for you. Let's say you're on one, on one of the bike trails in Meadowlark Park, right behind the VA hospital, and you race past what you realize is a lantern. And you hang a quick Yui, you go back, you pick it up. It's not just a lantern. It's a magic lantern. A genie pops out, granting you three wishes for your chamber. What are they? 
So our three wishes for our chamber would definitely be to help them grow, thrive, and recover for the local businesses that were devastated by COVID. Um, we also are looking to attract new businesses to the area due to you know some open buildings and stuff just so that we can have new community involvement. Um, we also want to be able to engage some of the community members, meaning like the schools and everything, just to allow their students to come out and show their talents and have us, you know, sh- have different ways to support them in the future due to the way that COVID really did change the way that a lot of people were interacting. Now, is that one wish bought, rolled into one bowl or did you just give us three wishes? I gave you three wishes okay. all around. I wanna, all right. So <laughs> one is you want people to recover from COVID. Yep. Two, you Con- need new businesses to move in and take up some of those empty storefronts. Mm-hmm. And what was three again? Three would be to, the, to continue to help the ones that are currently there grow and thrive, um, as well as this community of like students and being able to bring more opportunities and interactions with the community. Okay, so what we typically do is, um, you know, I'll get out my crystal ball and let's say a year from now we have East Northport back on the program. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to those wishes and who whether it's you coming back next time or another president and we'll review and say how'd you make out that's great okay so rich having said that um before we get to your three wishes back in february 2020 the last show we did before the pandemic broke we had lou federico vice president of your chamber at the time he came on the program one of the wishes he had was for more parking and eliminating the parking meters He mentioned that new parking spaces were scheduled to open up at the top of Old Northern Boulevard and also an area adjacent to the post office. So my first question is, did those spaces ever materialize? Yeah, actually, they built a uh, brand new parking lot at the end of uh, Old Northern Boulevard, right by the Rosalind Savings Bank. And to be honest with you, it's incredibly underutilized. Part of the challenge has been people aren't coming into the area as much as they used to. And if they do come in, they come in to dine with uh, parking their cars with the car hops, and uh, they never get the opportunity to come in solely. So, yeah, that that took place. Um, The parking, as far as eliminating the parking meters, that would be a dream come true because that's the number one complaint we get, parking meters that don't work and the inability of people to find spaces basically on the Friday, Saturday uh, period. Lou uh, Federico had mentioned there was space like 20 spots adjacent to the post office that was going to become available. Did that ever materialize? Yeah, I don't know which spots Lou was referring to. They actually built a big uh, development behind there called the Roslyn Landing, and nobody's allowed to use their spaces. The Junior League is there, and everybody's been after those spaces forever, but uh, they're not going to give them up because they need it for their own organization. We've tried to deal with them. I don't think parking is an issue anymore, to be honest with you. I think the problem is uh, we need to uh, help the businesses bring in customers. Okay, and if you bring in customers, you're going to need the parking. Exactly. So, okay. Um, Now let's get to your three wishes, now that you've cleared up Lou's. So uh, just reviewing here. So Lou, part of his wishes came true. You got that parking lot at the top of Old Northern Boulevard, but the meters are, eliminating the meters looks like a pipe dream, huh? <laughs> uh, they take in $175,000 a year in revenue for the village, and I still think that it would be great to eliminate the meters because I think it would bring people in. But remember, we're also talking about the greater Roslyn area, not just Roslyn Village. So parking isn't a, really a problem in the rest of the village if you're parking on Glen Cove Road or Willis Avenue or Roslyn Heights. So it, it's unique to the, the downtown uh, village area. 
Okay, so now you have three wishes. This is your chance to represent the greater community All with right. your three wishes. So uh, what do you got? Well, way up on my list, number one would be that the uh, town of North Hempstead um, public access TV station would pay attention to local businesses and to events going on in the town. Programming is hopelessly outdated. It reruns shows that are three and four years old. Um, there should be a real outreach, as some of the other towns have done, to have uh, a better mix of shows so that people will actually want to watch it. It's a jewel in the crown. It's totally underutilized. So that would be wish number one. Wish number two would be to double or triple the membership of the chamber. When I took over in November, I said we're going to have, we had 32 members at the time. I said we're going to have 75 members by April 30th. We reached that goal. Uh, I said 100 members by the end of June. We're shooting for that. And that really is how you get continuity in an organization anyway. If you don't have a lot of members, there aren't a lot of people that will take part. So I would say membership would be second. And number three would be, I guess, the way I've answered this question, I always my third wish would be to have 100 more wishes. Ah, oh, come on. I can't let you hook that quickly. I, I guess the third wish would really be to work uh, closer with the uh, – the village and the uh, town officials uh, were coming up with a big program called Shopsteading to rent vacant stores, and we need their help to bring new businesses into the town and cut out some of the red tape that they have to go through if they want to just open a business. Did you lose a lot of businesses during COVID throughout the greater Roslyn community? We had already lost a lot of the businesses before COVID. Um, there's a resurgence downtown. Old Northern Boulevard is getting much more rented. But the reason we're coming up with the shopsteading program is there's something like 47 vacant stores throughout the area, and they could be rented. They could be rented, I think, fairly easily. Um, you said you have 100 members? Well, we ha- right now we've, we just went over 75. We're shooting for 100 by June 30th. How about you, Lori? How's your membership? I would probably say we have probably around the same, probably about 100 members or so. Okay. But that's also individual. So we take on, you can become a member as a business of our community, but you can also become a member as an, um, a an resident, individual. Correct. A resident. Mm-hmm. You have a resident membership. Yes. Do you have that too? We just eliminated it. I think it's a mistake. We're not a civic association. Our purpose is to promote businesses. And we found that when we had individuals joining, first of all, they were at the lowest level of uh, of membership, but uh, it wasn't the kind of thing that really was, I think, helpful to the overall chamber. Uh, having new businesses that are excited about being in business is, I think, the key to building the chamber. I think Lori just changed her mind. They're not going to allow residents anymore to be members. No, actually, <laughs> the reason that we do do it a lot is because the residents help us at times with, because um, we don't have a bid in East Northport, so we don't have any funding. So all of our fundraisers and everything that we do, we also have to put things up like our Christmas lights or let's say our hanging baskets. So the community does help us at times to go out into the field and physically do this with us, which is very nice to kind of promote that community engagement as well in the, in the town. Will you explain to my audience what a bid is? You made a reference to a bid. Yes, it's a, um, it's a business improvement district. So what happens is is certain towns have a bid where they get funding. Um, like even like a Huntington Village, you can see they have the beautiful trees. They have all of that up. So in East Northport, unfortunately, we don't have that. So all of the events and the fundraising that we do is for the beautification of East Northport. So all of the events that we do that we collect funding from, I mean that we collect sponsorships, um, donations from, that goes right back into the community um, to purchase 
purchase hanging baskets for the summer and the spring, um, to actually buy, purchase, and put up our holiday lights that we each physically do ourselves. So we don't pay out for any of that. We volunteer our time to do so. And the community right. does assist us with that. Right. The bid is actually it's a tax on the uh, businesses in a specific district, and that tax, those tax dollars go back to uh, beautification. Um, anybody in the greater Roslyn community have a bid, any of your communities? No, we actually have no bids at all, but uh, we are very lucky. We have the Nassau County uh, Council of Chambers of Commerce, which uh, has been incredibly helpful to me. There's so much funding available to Chambers of Commerce that we didn't realize was there. PSEG has funding. There's at least 15 different grants and uh, organizations that will give money to Chambers of Commerce to help with things like beautification, help new businesses get started. Didn't know about any of them until I started attending the Nassau Council uh, that Frank Camerano's uh, the, the president of. And they've been super helpful. Um, but there's no bids in our district. I think maybe Great Neck has a bid district. Mm. That's the one. Uh, we have had the Nassau Council of Chambers on. Uh, Frank Camerano was on probably in the last six months. We've also had the Suffolk Alliance of Chambers. I don't know, uh, Lori, if you're aware, but there's a greater organization that sort of oversees all the chambers in Suffolk County. It's called the Suffolk Alliance. Mm, okay. Like the Nassau Council of Chambers oversees all of the chambers in Nassau County, and they get together, I think, monthly, right? Roundtable, and then you have a big annual they, meeting. In fact, we broadcast uh, live a number of years ago from the Nassau Council uh, breakfast, the annual breakfast that they have. Yeah, they get together monthly, and actually they've been instrumental in letting us know about things like uh, funds that are available for Christmas and menorah lightings, uh, decorations that could be put up uh, and paid for professionally. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of opportunities, and uh, I didn't know about the organization until I became president, but uh, I strongly urge Lori to definitely look into it because if you have an active one, it's great, and Nassau County is extremely active. Yeah, Suffolk Alliance started about... Um I guess five or six years ago, uh, it really all started with the Nassau Council going to the Suffolk communities and saying, you guys need a council here. I mean, this is, and they were kind of showing what they're doing here in, in Nassau. And about five, six years ago, Suffolk Alliance was formed. So, um, Lori, if you're not familiar with it, look into it because that may be some of those dollars you're looking for for beautification. Thank you. Okay, Lori, it's time for our second day tripper segment. And you're going to take us for a stroll around East Northport. And I have never been to East Northport. I know nothing about East Northport. So let's pretend my family of five are coming into the community and we're looking for things to do. Take us on a day trip. So East Northport really has some great little, you know, family-friendly restaurants and shops. So I would definitely say you have some beautiful little breakfast places to go and sit down with your family and sit outside and enjoy um, and watch the local area. Um, we also have a lot of shopping for children as well as adults. Um, we do have a new distillery that's coming into the area, um, which is going to be great. Um, so that's coming in the future. Obviously, you're not going to bring your children. But right across the street from there, we do also have um, our public library that actually just redid the whole outside. So there's these beautiful playgrounds, baseball fields, areas that you guys can just walk around and take it, you know, take in our little town. Um, also, as we've mentioned with Northport, um, they have a beautiful downtown historical business district so you can venture to Northport go look at the beautiful sailboats and all the beautiful restaurants there and just really take a day of sightseeing what are they distilling at the distillery 
Oh, he's going to have all different kinds. Um, it's going to be vodkas, gins, all different kinds of liquors. So it's going to be really cool. I know he's looking to open um, more towards the end of August around oh, there. Okay. Um, so that's going to we'll be, be really exciting. We'll be on the lookout for that. Very cool. And um, so just a thought popped into my head. So you and uh, Northport Chamber, the two chambers I've never thought about kind of forming one really strong, very large and powerful chamber? I know it's been discussed in the past, um, but I do know that we do focus on very, you know, we focus on different things. So I think that what we're trying to do now is just try to do mutual um, events that we can support both areas, but not necessarily come together as one. And we've done a great job of that. We just did one a week ago um, at the Whale's Tail where we had Northport and East Northport coming. And it's nice just to be able to mingle and show different opportunities for um, businesses to grow and network in the future. Do you feel like you're competing with Northport? No, not not at all. I think that everybody really understands the importance of coming together and working together to make East Northport and Northport better and grow as, as we move forward. Okay, great. Thank you. When we return, we're going to ask a leader. And that's where I stop asking the questions, and I let Rich and Lori take the mic. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by Maptoons Long Island Chamber Maps. My name is Mark Snyder, and with me today, two business leaders, Rich Bransafort, president of the Greater Roslyn Chamber of Commerce, and Lori Malley. She is the president of the East Northport Chamber. So now it's time to ask a leader, and this is where I like to turn off my microphone. I let my guests chat among them, amongst themselves. Um, and Lori, I'm going to start with you. You know, Richard has a long history with the Greater Roslyn Chamber of Commerce. What would you like to know from him? I mean, you definitely answered a few of my questions that I did want to ask you earlier. Um, but I was going to ask, you know, how do you really get your businesses to engage with the chamber and, and help support you consistently? Well, I, I think that's something I've spent a tremendous amount of time thinking about. Uh, probably more time on the chamber recently than my own business. I'm a big believer in one-on-one -on -one contact. I'm not a big believer in email blasts. I think email blasts are a waste of time. Chamber sends out hundreds of email blasts, and if you look at the uh, statistics, maybe if we're lucky, 5 to 8% open up an email blast. Even our own members don't up, open up the blast. So what I've been doing is going one-on-one -on, -one on businesses. I walk into the business. I introduce myself. They're usually very excited to see a body. They can't believe it. They've never met anybody from the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and uh, I start telling them about all the things we're doing the programs. And I think the key thing is you start off with Paul Pactor, who's the head of Long Island Cares. I think he gave an address last year. And he said that when somebody gets involved with Long Island Cares, he doesn't say, what can you do for us, but what can we do for you? So my first question is, is if I'm going into the Zion Lion, uh, and I know where that is in Albertson. Exactly. On Willis Avenue. And he's got a unique store. I've got to ask him, how can we help you? You're going to give us money. You're going to hand me $195 or $125, but you want to have something that you get in return, and that answer's got to be customers. So I think that's really the one-on-one -on -one has become big deal. Uh, also, having a lot of events that people can attend so they feel like they're getting something for their money. I think, you know, for too many years because of the pandemic and everything else, 
we weren't giving value for people to join. So the question is, why would I, why, why would I hand over one hundred and twenty-five or one hundred ninety-five dollars? I think now there's so many reasons that, uh, as I said, we've signed twenty-five to thirty new members in the last three months. Thank you. I agree with that. By the way, that's a really good point. Um, a lot of chambers that I work with, when they sign up a new member, it basically means they're going to start getting a lot of emails. And one of the things that I have encouraged many times to the chamber is. Um, because what my company does is we help um, chambers boost membership, is maybe I say I come to them with 15 new members. I say, take these 15 members. You've got five board members. Assign three to each one of them. And over the next 30 days, have each one of them go out and visit their three. And go in, introduce yourself. How can we help you? What are your needs? What are your concerns? Let them know what functions and events are coming up. When's the next meeting, networking event, whatever you have going on. But, Rich, I agree with you 100%. We're bombarded with emails, and especially when it's an e-blast with a lot of content. You don't know what people are doing on their computer when they come across your email. And a lot of times it comes on the screen, and by the end of the day it's off the screen and it's forgotten. So really good advice from you. That's why you're the president the second time. Yeah, that's not the reason, but <laughs> um, that's true. Anyway, so Rich, now um, president twice, but always more to learn. Um, Lori's relatively new, but she's uh, going into a third year. What would you like to ask her? I would ask you really, how many programs do you have, and how do you reach your members? What's the best way that you found to let them know about everything from just a general meeting? to a particular event, like you mentioned the co-networking event with the uh, Northport Chamber. So a lot of times with all of that, we, we, we do do a diff few different avenues. So we will send the email blast because that's just the way that everybody seems to do it. We also do send out postcards um, to everybody in the community. We also send out, um, we'll make phone calls at times, and then we do start to visit actually some of the different local businesses. So now that COVID has kind of calmed down and you can go in and people give you a minute to want to talk to you without a mask on and everybody feeling frightened, um, it has been a great opportunity. So what you said earlier, thank you for that advice because it's something that we did start doing and I am seeing very positive um, reactions out of that. So going in and seeing them and speaking to them and, and asking what you said earlier has been very, very positive for us. Okay. Lori, anything else before I move on to the next segment? Do you have a second question? Oh, no, I'm good. Thank you so much. You're good. Okay. So let's move on to the better weather ahead, hopefully, and uh, your plans for 2022. Um, I always like for our audience to learn about what's on your calendar, events coming up that maybe they can be a part of. So um, let's start with you, Rich. What uh, exciting events do you have on the calendar for the greater Rosalind Chamber? Well, one of the things that we did is we started to have just a lot of events. We have a trip to see the Mets at City Field. Uh, that's worked out very well. Uh, we took a booth at the HIA, which is the Halpog Industrial Association trade show. We are the only Chamber of Commerce on Long Island to have a booth there. And the reason is that I added a category called Friends of the Greater Roslyn Chamber. So now members from other areas like Gold Coast are allowed to join the Roslyn Chamber of Commerce and uh, interact with our members as well. We have c several concerts scheduled in Gary Pond Park. We have an Eric Clapton tribute band coming in um, July 27th. There's a Shakespeare in the Park uh, festival going on June 25th. We're co-sponsoring with the town of North Hempstead. Uh, we're going to do the Halloween Hoot 
which will be for the Halloween promotion to have kids come out and finally be able to go trick-or-treating safely. And uh, we just got probably a dozen events. The big thing that we're looking for is a program called Shopsteading. I'm going to be putting together the real estate brokers, the owners of buildings, and the town officials, and potential entrepreneurs in a way to rent empty storefronts. So we look forward to a lot of things. And of course, when it comes to the holiday season, we'll have our Christmas tree and menorah lighting. And we hope by then the Rosal Movie Theater has reopened so we can show another great show this year. I like your ideas, Rich, your initiatives. you got plans here. I can see that. You know, there was a time, um, and again, I guess it's the greater Rosalind Chamber, but let's talk about downtown Rosalind because it seems to be the hub of the activity. Um, there was a time when you used to close those streets down on, I think it was Friday nights or Thursday, Thursday night. nights. Thursday night from the Rosalind Clock Tower to the Rosalind Savings Bank. Every entrance to the streets were closed because there were so many people in town to see live music and shows that were going on, and it was quite, quite, quite an event. It was the golden age for those people who enjoyed that kind of thing, myself I included. I think my engineer Dan Cox and I strolled there one night or two nights to see something. I think I feel like we went there anyway. Uh, what happened? Why did the Why did that come to an end? It seemed like it was the place the, to be. The village was not totally in love with the idea of having concerts. My father's place was forced to close down, and he brought in people like Bruce Springsteen played there, Linda Ronstadt played there, but Jimmy not on Cliff a Thursday played night there. Not on closed. Thursday night. Thursday night you had <laughs> you had eleven bars, starting with Maximilian's, the old George Washington Manor, and Heads and Tails, and um, wasn't there red, white, and blues or red? Yep, U.S. Blues. U.S. Blues. U.S. Blues. Same owner as Acme Leather, and there was just. Both sides of the streets had nothing but clubs and restaurants. And then around by where Epi was, you had the uh, Jake LaMotta's brother owned the jazz club called the Little Club right across the street from my father's place. And then you had Fern's Hauna Shop, which was a wine and cheese place. Um, so there was just a million things to do and places to go. And everybody talks about those as being the great old days. And in retrospect, yeah, they were. It'd but be nice if we, we could bring it back. Well, we're trying to bring it back. We're getting more people coming out. We just have to, again, be able to work with the uh, local authorities so they come up with some sort of a happy meeting. Very happy with the town of North Hempstead has reached out to us for things like the Shakespeare Festival. Uh, they're doing a um, Stevie Wonder tribute band show at Gary Pond Park, and they asked us to be a co-sponsor. So I, I think there's a lot of initiatives that you can do to bring people out and just have it as a community base. That's really what the Chamber is supposed to be doing. I am not all at all familiar with uh, concerts at uh, Gary, Pond, Pond, Gary Pond Park. Say that five times fast. Uh, is that relatively new? No, that's Gary Pond Park is the main park in the middle of the village. It used to be called the Rosalind Duck Pond. Yep. Uh, Dr. Gary, who is probably responsible for saving or rescuing most of the buildings in Rosalind Village, he formed the Rosalind Landmark Society in 1960, saved a lot of buildings, lost some when they built the Rosalind Viaduct, but uh, they renamed the park after him a few years ago. But it's the park where Bryant Library is and the Valentine House, which was the original uh, village hall for the village of uh, Roslyn, is in the park, and uh, they have a monument to the firemen uh, fallen in 9-11. They've got one of the two leaping horses uh, from Clarence Mackey's estate. They found it in the backyard of somebody in East Hills, literally, and they had it restored. One stands outside of Roslyn High School's entrance, and the other one is in Gary Park. Wow. Let's back up for a second. So one local physician is responsible for, pres- for really preserving the 
history and the integrity of Roslyn Village? Is that what you're suggesting? Well, Dr. Gary and his wife, Peggy, were instrumental. They got together a couple of other prominent uh, homeowners, and they just campaigned and fought and got laws passed, and they're responsible for most of the uh, historic uh, district being intact the way it is now. And a lot of buildings were lost because they built uh, apartment houses, and like I said, the Roslyn Viaduct took down a lot of buildings. Uh, the area underneath the viaduct is now coming together. We've renamed the area Dervo, down under Roslyn Viaduct Overpass, so that this way we, there's a Dumbo and now there's a Dervo. I like that. Very good. All right, Lori, what is on your agenda for the East Northport Chamber? What do you got lined up? Okay, so we do have um, some great events coming up. On Monday, June 13th, we do have our um, annual golf classic at Crab Meadow Golf Course. Um, we do have unique sponsorship opportunities available and golfers needed, um, but it's a great event. It's actually um, in Northport, so you get to see the beautiful water from there. So as you can see, we do, you know, help partner out, with partner yeah, with sure, it. Sure. Exactly. Um, on Wednesday, July 6th, we do have a family picnic that is also located in Northport at Crab Meadow Beach. Um, all are welcome to come. It's really nice. Everybody just gets to mingle, stand on the beach, have some good food and drinks, and just exchange business cards and get to know each other. Um, on Saturday, July 9th, we're actually doing a Taste of Huntington event. Um, it's a multicultural event and celebration. Um, it's in combination with the town of Huntington. And we're allowed to have, I think we're having up to about 200 vendors. And it is free for everyone to come and just really start to support the towns again and see how we can work together to do so. Um, and then we also have our annual September 9th to 11th East Northport Festival. Um, it is now in its 27th year. We will have rides, games, live music, a craft fair, international food court, a beer garden, entertainment, and costume characters for the children. Um, and usually every year we do also have um, a Taste of Long Island event that we do at Larkfield Manor. Unfortunately, this year we weren't able to do it, but we will be picking that back up in 2023. So you have a lot planned for now through through the summer into the fall. Yes, and we're happy to add on more things that would just help us all work more together and um, okay, make money for the town. So I'm gonna about to ask you what you do when you're not running the chamber. But my first question is, it's an ambitious schedule. How much of your day is devoted to the chamber? Lately, it is it is more. And it's really just to be able to make sure that we're structuring these things and making it so that it's easy and it's successful for everybody involved. Um, so... Definitely, now that COVID is over, definitely, um, we probably have at least a meeting or two a week on our certain events, because when we do do them, we do have little committees that meet together just to make sure that we plan everything out properly. Um, so definitely a little more than it used to be. Sure. But at the same time, um, it also you know helps me get out there and do what I got to do, so it's nice. <laughs> so when you're not running the chamber, mm -hmm. what do you do? Tell my audience what you do uh, with the rest of your day. Sure. Um, Besides... So the eight hours you sleep. <laughs> so um, I do work for Citizens Bank as a mortgage officer. So do I do a lot of, um, you know, going around and meeting people for that, which also assists with the chamber because I get to promote that as well at the same time. Um, I do have a dog that I adore, no children, so he is my baby. So I do spend a lot of time with him. Um, go to the beach, enjoy a lot of outdoor stuff, um, hiking and different things like that. I'm a big foodie, so I like to cook. And those are probably my mean and exciting things that I like to do in a day. Good. You put in a full week. <laughs> I did. All right, Rich, uh, we first met back in the early 80s uh, when I attended this very university, then known as CW Post, now LIU Post. 
Um, incredibly, you still hold down the same job. Tell my audience what you do when you're not running the chamber. Uh, well, I'm the owner and publisher of Good Times Magazine. We're America's oldest regional entertainment paper. Started in 1969. We just celebrated our 53rd anniversary on April 1st. I started on April Fool's Day because if it didn't work out, I wanted to be able to tell everybody I was just kidding. <laughs> I turned down a job with Jimi Hendrix uh, back in 1968. They wanted to pay the amazing amount of $95 a week. But I did it because I didn't want to have to collect money from bar owners, which is what the public relations job turned out to actually be, never realizing that 53 years later I would have spent my entire adult life in seven different states with papers collecting money from bar owners. And to this very day, <laughs> after I leave here, I will be stopping to pick up a check from a club owner. But it's a lot of fun. Entertainment is great. It gives you an opportunity to work with concert people and film people. And uh, it's just, it's a great job. I mean, uh, I don't know what else I would be doing if I wasn't doing this. I believe the radio station has a balance, do you? Talk to Dan Cox when you're done. Special thanks to my two guests for joining me today on Chamber Chatter. Rich Brant Fort, he's the president of the Greater Roslyn Chamber of Commerce, and Lori Malley, she's the president of the East Northport Chamber of Commerce. To my listeners, always keep local business top of mind when making purchases or utilizing services. Yes, it's that important. Special thanks to Dan Cox. He's been my engineer since the start of the pandemic. And after a long and successful run as director of broadcasting here at WCWP, Dan is retiring and moving on to whatever challenges lie ahead. Congratulations and good luck to you, Dan. Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. The program, just know, is available also as a podcast. Visit wcwp.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. And it can be viewed on YouTube. Just search WCWP Studios. Project Independence and You is coming right up, so stay tuned. Have a nice weekend. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.